Well, listeners, it is good to be with you this morning. I've already greeted you, but uh, let me just say again, I am looking forward to engaging with you. I know that you guys want to engage with us too, because as I look at the engagements, uh, we have folk uh, already sending in messages right from <laughs> nine o'clock on the dot. Um, so uh, thanks to Nashir, thanks to Selma, thanks to, uh, I don't even know how to say, Vasintha, uh, Llewellyn, I see your screenshots. Thank you very much for the reminder. Lester does say, uh, can the Sunday sermon from Pretoria Baptist Church please be broadcast nearer to eight o'clock? Last Sunday, it was about about six songs were played before the church service start and I thought uh, uh, it was late and no service was going to be broadcast. In the end, we had to leave for church before Pretoria Central uh, Church was finished uh, and the pastor worked in China and I would have liked to have heard the whole sermon. Uh, it started earlier. I could have uh, heard the whole sermon. I think now the pastor works in Japan. You're right, Lester. Um, last week Sunday, the sermon um, at, uh, at 8 o'clock on uh, radio pulpit was broadcast out of Pretoria Central Baptist Church um, and it was AJ Mayring he is a, a missionary sent out from our church to Japan uh, he is in South Africa on furlough good godly man and uh, his sermon was an absolute cracker it was fantastic he preached out of um, well I mean it's it's a favorite text of most people but Isaiah chapter 6 and uh, wow did he did he just bring passion to the party it was it was unbelievable i sat under deep conviction of god actually when aj speaks i often think i need to go back and i need to go into the mission field <laughs> like yara am lord send me um he's a he's a really gifted uh, speaker lester i will speak um to our friends at the station and ask if they can put the eight o'clock sermon um on radio pulpit on a little bit earlier but maybe just to say lester that the sermon is podcast so if you type in r-o-n-o dot f-m space sunday sermon um you will find the podcast of the sunday sermon and the remainder of the sunday sermon is available to you there i would encourage you to go and check it out um and i'd encourage listeners to listen to the sunday sermon but follow lester's example and go to a local church near you um that god might be glorified in your life as you serve in a local church and are involved in discipleship at a local church um but for those of you who listen to the sunday sermon on radio pulpit at eight o'clock uh, this week Sunday we will I will do what I can to see it uh, moved forward a little bit I do want to say hi to Nick Loff who says good morning fam happy Friday I want to say hi to Carmen who says good morning radio pulpit I want to say hi to Penny good morning all God is good amen all the time intricate to his nature I mean it's just one of his perfections he's good at goodness we're not doing a Bible Q&A this morning but man when I think of the goodness of God I think of a God who is good to me um, well, oftentimes uh, people say you know to me um, God is sovereign Yes. that's the comfort but the comforting comforting part is god is good yes and sovereign and sovereign yeah. uh, and his and his and his sovereignty allows him to be good at his goodwill and pleasure even in my life exactly. um, man for each individual every church well well henny oh, now 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 that you are in the conversation <laughs> let's uh let's start to talk uh, maybe good. you'd like to um introduce yourself to your to our listeners uh tell us who you are and um, tell us a little bit about uh, your family tell us a little bit about the church that you serve 
Right. I'm glad you didn't ask me about my history. <laughs> but I have to start there. Um, so We've I'm, only got two hours today. Okay. So, <laughs> so yeah, long history. You'll have to read it in a book someday. <laughs> yeah. So I'm Henny van Niekerk. I grew up on a farm. Uh, we have a family. Um, my wife and children are at home, hopefully listening in. Uh, Tina, Anne, and my youngest one is now turning six months. He's also named Henny. Cool. Uh, we know how to clone them. <laughs> so that's what we do. Um, I'm at a church in uh, Roihuiskral. Yeah. I have to get the R's right. You know? Yeah. Roihuiskral. I always tell someone we had this fa- uh, family game, uh, Boereplas. Boereplas. <laughs> yeah. And there's this one character in the Boereplas spell. It's Oom Henny yeah. van Roihuiskral. Yeah, but I tell everyone I have a house <laughs> in Royais Kral. So yeah. in Royais Kral, you split the name, yeah. and then you split the house <laughs> there. I have a house in Royais Kral, so that's how the kids remember me. And um, uh, I mean, maybe just describe the church that you're serving in in Royais Kral as well. What kind of church are we talking about? We're we talking about a church in the the south of Pretoria. So I, I'm I'm assuming Royais Kral is still in Pretoria. I know it's on the border of Pretoria yeah. and Midrand, so, Johannesburg. So it's in Centurion, um, close to Littleton, um, close to um, uh, Midstream, Midstream Estates, uh, Midrand. So it's in that central sort of area yes you know, yeah, yeah and and what kind of i mean any of these churches in these churches what kind of church are you yeah we're a we're a baptist church we called praise in, the lord <laughs> you knew that beforehand Mark. i know i so far know all I, the answers to the questions I that, know, you, that i've given you for the listeners so it's emmaus baptist church yes emmaus baptist church some people don't know how to pronounce emmaus i don't think i'm a pronouncing it right but, no, uh, you're doing fine. Uh, when I think of Emmaus at the end of the book of John, I think uh, at the end of the book of Luke, yeah. sorry, <laughs> I, I, back, I say Emmaus com- like you just said it. Coming back to God's goodness, you see, uh, that was one of my favorite texts growing up. That was yes. the first sort of sermon that yes. that made didn't my heart hearts, warm. Didn't yeah, our yeah, hearts yeah, 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 yeah. burn as he was speaking? Yes, yeah, yes. I love I love that's that Luke passage. Luke 24, and yes. where were they going to? Emmaus. Emmaus, the, yeah, 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 the road to yeah, Emmaus, yeah. And okay, and. Uh, so you're a Baptist church. Um, I mean, even in terms of Baptist churches, what does that mean? What does that feel like on any given Sunday? Uh, what What are your focuses? What are your passions as a church? How would you distinguish yourself as a as a church in in uh, in Roy's Kral? Yeah. So let me tell you this, Mark. I've been there for two, almost three years. Yes. Started out um, by helping when the previous pastor had uh, received another call. Yes. And uh, I've worked there for six months before they, before they uh, called me permanently. And uh, some of those things we still we're still working them out. So, um, yeah, we're a we're a Reformed Baptist church. Our confession uh, is the 1689 Baptist Confession. So in our constitution, we have put out um, that uh, the elders of the church need to hold to the 1689 and. Uh, yeah, that was. That's and the, maybe let me just give yeah, the yeah, listeners yeah, yeah. some context. The 1689 Second London Baptist Confession of Faith is a confessional statement which basically lays forth in detail what Baptists believe, particularly Reformed Baptists. Now, not every Baptist church holds to the 1689 Confession of yeah. Faith. Um, I, I myself, uh, you know, I come from a from a very um, a dispensational background yes. and yeah. often struggled with even the idea of being confessional. As I've been growing in my own faith, I've mm, certainly mm. become more confessional. I, yes. I myself at my previous church subscribed to a confession, a confessional statement, the Sola Five um, document, yeah. um, uh, as we were a member of the Sola Five uh, fraternity.
variety of, of Baptist churches. Um, but I have a deeper appreciation, particularly for my confessional brothers who have, um, who have fences that help people understand both what they believe mm. and make sure that they don't stray from their stated belief. I, I prefer to call, you know, yes, definitely there are fences, but let me call it gates. Okay. Um, so the 1689 sure. is like any other confessional document. The, the Why I like it so much is because it has the textual references with. Yes. And you know that the statement that they come up with to say what we believe is the statement made by pastors and elders who sat and who wrestled with this yes. with an open Bible. Greatly. Yep. And then they sat and they put it down. And uh, by the way, this is uh, this is Reformed Baptist like uh, Charles Spurgeon would have been. Yes. And, uh, Godly, evangelical Powerful, passionate, spiritual preacher. Do you know by the he's way? Like that my favorite, he's like my favorite guy from that era. Do you know by the way that Peter Masters yes. has given out a copy of the 1689 yes. with his with his notes and his editing? Yeah. And he's the pastor at Metropolitan Tabernacle yeah. right now. And yes. he's I think he served there longer than than uh, um, Charles Spurgeon, but he's yes. not the longest serving pastor. Okay. In the history of the Metropolitan Tabernacle, you would see that there are two pastors who span almost a century. Of ministry just wow. between two pastors so uh, you probably don't know him but yeah, uh, yeah. I, I have a pastoral a friend in the ministry his name is uh, Ross Lester he was the pastor at Bryanston Bible Church yes. he went across the great ocean because he's currently serving in the States uh, to go and watch a, a game of cricket being played at Lords uh, a couple of weeks ago uh -huh. and one of the things that he did was he went to Metropolitan <laughs> Tabernacle and took a photo on the uh, you know because I think all of us yes, even yes. Evangelical, Bible preaching, evangelism loving, spiritful pastors have a deep love yes. and respect for for Spurgeon, and, and and you know just on that 1689. And by the way. Listeners, we're actually not yet to talk about the 1689, but this is kind of how conversations Starts, happen. Yes. We, we, we're going to be talking about marriage and we're going to be talking about fatherhood soon. But on the matter of the 1689, the 1689 also ties us relationally in terms of, let's call ourselves cousins uh, with the Presbyterian Church in that yes. they have the Westminster Confession of Faith yeah. in the 1689. In some ways, like if you ever sat next to someone in a test and looked over at their notes and then wrote down something of their answers, I'm not advocating for copying, uh, for copying or cribbing, but the 1689 looks so much like the Westminster Confession of Faith that they are almost peas let's, in the pod. Let's say it this way, not copying from one another, but if they, if they were to give the same test the right answers are right and where they differ that's the wrong answers for both of them but those right answers look so, so similar that exactly. someone was copying from someone and I'm uh, yeah, pretty no, sure no. that the 1689 came well. after the Westminster but yeah praise the Lord for godly heritage okay yes. well well, thanks thanks for that Henny and, and thanks for thanks for telling us a little bit about yourself and a little bit about your family and a little bit about the church that you serve. Uh, I do praise the Lord for faithful churches all over our city. You know, the longer that I'm here in Pretoria, the more excited I get about the 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 real rich um, fraternity of healthy, gospel-oriented preaching churches that they are loving Jesus and working out their salvation with fear and trembling um, across our city I, uh, last week I was with with a new church planter and church plant out on the the west uh, the west part of our city uh, Pretoria West and beyond uh, toward Atridgeville and then up towards um, is it Harankua I think in the in the north and just so excited by people who love Jesus love the gospel and are clear thinking in their in their state 
statements of faith. This would be a, a solo five confessional um, church. And uh, yeah, I just uh, loved the passion by which they were taking the gospel out to the west of Pretoria. And do you pray that God continues to raise up preaching uh, preachers, gospel preachers all over our city. Uh, I see uh, Sue van der Berg. Um, Sue, thanks for listening in to the conversation. Uh, just comments that uh, I am on the mission field because you don't have to leave South Africa to do missions. You're right. Absolutely. In actual fact, uh, I was a missionary sent out from Midrand Chapel. Yeah. Uh, your father-in-law, am I right in yes, saying? Yes, Matt Fillion. Yeah. Uh, also, um, uh, a missionary sent out from Midrand Chapel to plant uh, the Afrikaans Gemeente in, in Midrand. I was sent out to the the east side of uh, Johannesburg to Ekuruleni to go and plant a church or revitalize a church there for, for 10, 11 years before I came to Pretoria. And so um, you are right. You don't have to be uh, missions and living a missional life is something that we do wherever God has placed us. That's another thing about our congregation because we speak English. We have in an Afrikaans community. Yes. Um, so many okay, people well, hang on, wait. That's important to note. Yeah. So, you're in, so uh, if you go to your church on a Sunday, even though when you play games, you play Bura Plas, yeah, yeah. Um, but when you do church, you're doing it in, in English. We're, yeah, we're an English congregation. Okay, that's yeah. very missional of you guys. Yeah, so, and we've, we've got lots of different uh, people from backgrounds and cultures, and, and this is something... Um, yeah, let me not share too much about that because no, we're a small do, congregation. No, uh, this is fascinating. We're a, we're a small congregation. If yeah. I talk too much, people will think I'm talking about them and not yeah. to them. So uh, come and okay, see. Okay. Come and yes. see and feel because we're a small congregation. We're yes. about forty people congregating together. Yes. That's why I can't say too much. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Because so, every because everybody's story. There's only one person with that story. Yeah, Everybody exactly. knows who you're if talking I go about. Too much detail. I said. I, I promise them I'm, all. You can I'm listen. You. I won't talk about. But you know that that, that that size of forty. So the church that I joined yeah, um, yeah. in Kuruleni, there were five people, and yeah. we saw that church grow from five all the way to uh, two services of 100 mm-hmm. each, so 200 people on a Sunday. And I remember very fondly that that, that size when we were 35 to, mm-hmm. I, I guess, about 55, just the intimacy of the community. Yes. It was a wonderful time. And, and in reality, part of the reason why we carried on growing was because that intimacy was very attractive yes. when people came and visited. Um, it was one of the, it was just one of the dear things about us. I, I, I'm just remembering fondly when people, when my, my visit, friends there. When people visit the church and they say, we like this small church. I said, well, if you guys stay, we'll have a big church sooner. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, And then it won't be small anymore and then you'll leave. Well, my experience though of both church growth because now I'm in a in a much larger church and and a church which is large and presently growing quite yeah. quickly um uh, my, my experience of of all of these church sizes though is that the church is God's institution and she is beautiful mm. <laughs> when she is 10 people on a Sunday and she is beautiful when she's a thousand people on a Sunday two or three uh, two or three gathered for church discipline um, she, she's beautiful even then the, the, the bottom line is th- there's something attractive about the church but but at different sizes mm-hmm. she does have you, you see different facets mm-hmm. of, of her beauty and I, I remember the intimacy of being smaller and I remember the the, the, the joy of, of kind of like bursting out mission of, of that growth phase and yeah. Well, yeah, I, I go and taste and see that the Lord is good with the with the believers in Royhe's Kral, um, Emmaus Baptist Church. Uh, yeah, thanks thanks for that. Today, we are here, friends, to talk about marriage, and we are to talk 
about um, men and their roles and fatherhood and husbandhood and a number of other things. Henny, maybe you want to introduce the topic for us. As our listeners are listening in, I've no doubt that they will have questions that they would want to engage with you. And listeners, I encourage you, um, type down questions on Facebook. They'll come through straight to us and we will engage with them uh, on the show. Or send them in via WhatsApp. I gave the number out earlier. It's 0826572729. What I will do is I will put the contact details into the live stream on Facebook right now so that they're easily accessible uh, to you. Unfortunately, you can't phone into the studio this morning. We don't have anyone who is alive sitting behind our desk. They're sitting in a remote location. Uh, Mpo listening in. Uh, in fact, Mpo is often the first person to ask a question. Um, I enjoy the way that he engages with the show. Um, but uh, you can't phone in live, but you can leave voice notes on WhatsApp. You can send us notes on WhatsApp and Telegram, uh, and you can send us comments on Facebook. But let's open the conversation just uh, listening to Henny um, uh, introducing the topic to us. Yeah, so when Mark asked me what uh, topic I would like to address this morning, or yeah, we were discussing topics, and then you said, uh, come on the second. So the topic uh, for today is a motivation for young men to take responsibility for marriage and fatherhood. And I'm saying it like that specifically. We know that there's a lot of talk about young men needing to take responsibility. And the question is, responsibility for what? And so um, that's, the, that's the motivation I want to give. Take responsibility for being a husband to your wife and being a father to your children. Yes. That's the... That's the Excellent. Yeah. Okay, so so where do we start with that from a biblical perspective? Because here's the thing with this yeah, show. Yeah. We're not just here to shoot the breeze yes. and to give uh, Henny's kind of philosophy on marriage, seven yes. steps to a, to a great marriage, or even Mark's thoughts on the topic. We, we want to be thoroughly biblene. I think yeah. that was a, a something that Spurgeon uh, would say, biblene in the way that we, we talk about these things. Yeah. Where might we start, Henny? So as, you, as, you, as I open my Bible, you can hear the thumping of the Bible. It's a thick Bible. Um, Matthew 11, I think, is a good place to start. Matthew 11, verse 25. At that time, Jesus declared, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise and the understanding and revealed them to little children. Yes, Father, for such was your gracious, gracious will. All things have been handed over to me by my Father, and no one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son and, uh, and anyone whom the Son chooses to reveal him. And then this invitation of Jesus, Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden. Those of you who are he- heavy laden with your responsibilities at other places. Come, and I will give you rest, says Jesus. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. The only rest for our souls, Mark, is when we take the responsibility for marriage and fatherhood um, as the yoke of Christ, because he calls us to it. He calls us to our responsibility, and then we receive that from him. And so we do it with his empowerment, and um, that's the place I would start. Matthew Mm. 11. Now, Help me to see and help me to make the link um, explicitly between Matthew 11, 
this conversation of Jesus Christ, this relationship between labor and rest, and the young men of today who need to begin to labor a little harder than what we sometimes see, that they might rest in Christ um, to their heart's content. So you have to ask the question, to whom is Jesus speaking here? It's an invitation, come to me. Come to me who? All of you. Yes. Okay, but you come as a man or as a woman, as God had made you, as a man or a woman. So men, yes. particularly, if you think of God calling, come to me, all who labor, men who labor, counts as well as a group within that all. Women who labor mm. count as a group, but we are here to talk about the men this morning. So that's where I would start. You know, it's a general, all of you who labor and are heavy laden, and then to receive the rest of Jesus. I think so many men are trying to figure out what should I be doing? What's my priorities in marriage? What's my priorities as a father? And we, we try and look in the Bible, but we're trying to use the Bible as, again, in line with my understanding of the Bible. How do I do these things? And we're not coming to Jesus. So that's the, that's the, uh, the, the lack in today's world, that men need to go and learn how to pray, learn to come to Jesus, learn to acknowledge their shortcomings, learn to acknowledge I am... Um, heavy laden because I'm trying to take this responsibility by myself and not take this responsibility to Jesus uh, and I'm not taking the yoke verse 29 take my yoke upon you you need to take his yoke upon you and that's something very strange doesn't it sound like something very strange when he says rest and yoke mm-hmm. man mm-hmm. You're, you're giving me work and you're telling me rest what what's going on and the way I explain it to our congregation uh, one time uh, when someone raised this confusing question was that um, when you work for a boss, Mark, um, you, you get coffee breaks, right? I do. And, and they're authorized by your boss, right? <laughs> yeah. No, exactly. So you don't get other coffee breaks. Yeah. And this is the breast that Jesus promises. I, I am gentle. I'm not like another boss. Verse 29. I am gentle and lowly in heart and you will find rest. Yes. Your boss promises you, you get a promotion, you get another, you get more money, you get this, you get that. And then you work hard because you want those things that the boss promised you. Yeah. And here's what Jesus promises you. I will give you rest for your soul. But then you have to take his yoke. Yes. Okay. So now we have this, this picture of rest. Uh, are we talking about a salvic rest, uh, a rest uh, in terms of salvation and a call to salvation? Um, but we also have this talk of of yoke. Um, yeah. Now, yoke. I, I'm assuming because I've just been recently reading through uh, Romans chapter four mm-hmm. uh, is not the yoke of the law. It's not the. No. It's not that you need to put a, put the law on you. Um, but but there certainly are commands of Christ that we are commanded to obey, and there's a way of yep. lifestyle and the way of following that we are commanded to live out. Yeah. yeah. So some. So we get so caught up in the word yoke. That we start thinking of the yoke that we that's on our shoulders. Yes. Okay? The question is not what is that yoke. The question is who put the yoke there. Yes. Who put it there? Yes. Who who are we working for? That's the question. Yes. That's the question I want okay. the listeners to be thinking of. It's the yoke of Christ. Yes. Like we were discussing with. So the, so in like, other words, we we're not so much focused on a list of laws that we now need to live out no. and uh, prescribe, but rather we're looking at the person yes. who we are, yes. who we are, who we are exerting effort and energies for, to whose glory we are now living. Coming back to what we were discussing about evangelicalism and you know different churches, different okay. Here's where we can work along. If we acknowledge 
that Christ has put that yoke upon us. What yes. that means is when you come to a church, they have their constitution, they have their confession of faith. Christ has called the people in that place who congregate there mm. to take that yoke upon them mm. and be faithful in mm. that congregation. And I tell our congregation as well, God has his children everywhere, mm. but they are carrying the yoke of Christ. That's how we distinguish them. Yes. Is it the yoke of Christ or are you compelled to be, and I don't want to say the church names, because are you compelled to be this church, that church, this belief, that belief, and you want everyone to conform to what you say, or are we here concerned with taking the yoke of Christ upon us? Because it's about a person. It's mm. not about things. Mm. It's not about, it's about the person, Jesus Christ. <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's so interesting, and, he, and, I, and I do agree with you, and it, and it is. It's, a, it's almost as if the Lord is impressing this on me. Um, but this past week, Wednesday, in our Bible study, we were looking at um, Colossians chapter 3, and we find ourselves at the end of the chapter um, in a list, in a section, which, um, which traditionally I've, I've thought of as imperative, so a, a command to... Um, husbands and followed by a command to wives followed by a command to um, uh, uh, children followed by a command to parents followed by a command to bond servants followed by a command to masters and I've I've kind of always thought about that that list and said well which commands must I follow but in actual fact the repeated phrase as I studied it with open eyes uh, this past week the repeated phrase there is Lord it's repeated to uh, to uh, wives it's repeated to children it's repeated to bond servants and then you've got this idea of master yeah. repeated uh, to the masters and, and the the reason why that's important is because I think what the apostle is saying is in whatever station of life God has put you, whether wife or husband or child or parent or bondservant or master, we live out that experience with our eyes focused on Jesus. We work out our salvation with fear and trembling because it's him that we are working exactly. it out for. Um, in fact, he's very explicit, even as I up until now I was just reciting out of my head um, what I'd been studying this week but he's very explicit particularly to the bond servants in that passage um, when he says and I went to Ephesians 5 instead of Colossians uh, Colossians 3 sorry Ephesians 5 parallels it. Ephesians 5 parallels, parallels it. that's why I, I had uh, Ephesians but but in Colossians 3 whatever you do work heartily as for the Lord exactly. and not for men in other words Jesus is the focus. Now to Matthew so, 11. So in Colossians, that's the focus <coughs> there as to the Lord. Yes. In Ephesians, the focus is submit. Yes. The focus is submission. Yeah. Because he tells us in chapter 5, verse 1, the imitators of God submit to God. Yes. Then he's going to go, wives, submit to your husbands, children to your parents, yes. bond servants. To, so, so there's always, there's a Lord and there's a submit, one who submits. Yes. And when we're talking about the relationship between Jesus and his people, it is us who submit, it is him who is Lord. Yes. And when someone tries to lord it over them, yes. they are trying to usurp the authority of Jesus. Yes. And that's when you're no longer taking the yoke of Jesus upon you. Yes. And so this idea of yoke of Jesus and just just kind of bringing it and bringing us back to Matthew 11 as the starting point and, and then we can we can start to catapult directly to the conversation that we want to have in terms of, of, of marriage, responsibility, men stepping up to the plate. So but, but you've got those who labor. 
I'm just thinking here, Mark, we're talking about a yolk, and I don't know if all the city boys know what a yolk even is. They think <laughs> it's an egg yolk. Go, go ahead and explain so, to us what a yolk so is. Don't crack an egg on your head in uh, not, not in literal application of this text. That it wouldn't even be a literal application of this text. What, what is a yolk? So a yolk is something, and uh, our rural, the rural, uh, excuse me for the R's, the rural listeners will know what a, uh, uh, a yoke is. When you use your oxen to plow a field, you put the yoke on their neck and uh, the weight is on their shoulders and they have to pull whatever the master tells them to pull, whatever he decides they need to pull that day. Yes. Is it going to be the plow? Is it going to be the vinky? What What is that thing he's going to be pulling? Yeah. And the master will not use a small ox to plow a big field or some you know yes. because that's exactly what Jesus promises in that text I am gentle I know you I know what I've yeah I know what I'm calling you to pull yes I know what weight you can take yes but it's him putting the weight on yes and then when that weight starts to feel you say to the Lord this weight feels a lot that's where you need to approach him in prayer yes. this feels a lot and he says this is the encouragement you receive in prayer then Yes. I know it's a lot at the moment, but carry on. It's like the coach telling you, push a little bit harder. I'm making you stronger for the, for something else. Now, now, Henny, we're we're coming to the top of the hour, and uh, uh, maybe just give us an idea of where we're going for the next hour of the show. So the yoke then that we want young men to be taking up yes. is the yoke of the calling of Christ to be a man first, be a man, then. If the Lord's called you to be a husband, take that upon you because that's the first weight on the vineki. Yes. Husband, then father. Yes. And then what's the next one? Eldership in the church. Okay. Okay. Those are the four. So see that as the weights on the vineki. Okay. Take your first one. Be a man. That's the vineki that's on there. Yes. Then you take the next weight, which is husband, which is father, then elder in the church. Well, friends, we do find ourselves coming up fairly shortly to the top of the hour we're going to be listening to a song giving myself and any a chance to have a glass of water and to refresh ourselves for the second hour of the show in the second hour of the show we're going to be talking about men stepping up to the plate young men stepping up to the plate uh, in terms of husbandry in terms of parentry and in terms of eldery no okay that didn't make any sense but um, in terms of being husbands being parents uh, being fathers um, and uh, taking roles uh, in the local church. Do you stick with us? Right now we're going to be listening to Brave by Active Worship. We will be chatting to you soon. Radio Pulpit and Radio Care Pulpit listeners, it is good to be with you this Friday. You are live right now on 657 AM Radio Pulpit or 729 AM Radio Cape Pulpit or Facebook Radio Pulpit Radio Console. We're also live streaming to Central Baptist Church Pretoria as well as Pastor Mark Penrith on Facebook. We are also on DSTV, so you might be listening to us on DSTV channel 882. You might be on Open View channel 607, and maybe you are streaming off our website, www.radiopulpit.ca. There's also the chance that you're not listening to this live. You might be listening to this on podcast. We are on rono.fm. Table talk with Mark. Um, however you are listening to us, it's good to be with you. I hope you enjoyed the first hour of the show. I hope that you enjoy the second hour of the show. If you are listening in right now, I'd love 
to hear from you. And Andre, I see the comment that just came in from you right now. Thank you so much. Appreciate that. Um, but if you are listening in right now, always nice to know who the listening audience is. It would be great if you dropped a hi and what church you are from on Facebook. Uh, if you did that in the comment section on the live stream of Facebook, it would be great if you sent in a WhatsApp voice note or a WhatsApp note. You can do that on 082657. 2729 if you go across to Facebook I have put the telephone number into the show notes if you're a twit you can tweet on at 657 AM however you want to engage with us we do thank you for engaging with us it's always fun to interact with the listening audience today and for the rest of the hour we are going to be talking about marriage we're going to be talking about young men in particular stepping up as husbands stepping up as fathers stepping up as elders of local churches i'm speaking to my guest this morning henny henny is from emmaus baptist church in centurion and uh, i certainly did enjoy the first hour of the show as we spoke around matthew chapter 11 and touched briefly on colossians chapter 3 and some other passages Henny, as we talk about these young men and the need to step up, particularly in the role of husband, where do you want to start the conversation? Maybe the, the question to ask is, um, you know, what got me onto this in the first place? Sorry for kicking this leg the whole time. Love covers a multitude of sins. Thank Don't you. do it again, else we'll have to chop it off. Okay, thank <laughs> Just you. kidding. Which my leg or the table leg? Um, no, let, so the, I, let the let the let the hearer discern. All right, so, <laughs> so, so let's talk about how what got me onto this conversation in the first place, because yes. there are a lot of societal ills. Um, mm. That's that's a hot topic uh, again. So I don't want to dwell on the hot topic stuff. But uh, one day I sat in my office and had to deal with um, an abortion case. Mm. And I had to do some research on abortion. And some of the images are very graphic when you read those things. Yes. And then you then you sit and you think, this little person, this little person. Mm. Um, and uh, then I started to ask the question, you know, what, what, what kind of ministries are we doing to prevent and to help and to deal with the trauma of abortion? Yeah. And there's not a lot of ministries there to help with the with the understanding of there's abandonment taking place but it's not just abandonment of the woman abandoning her child this is about a man who abandoned his first responsibility as a man yes because he refuses to take a wife as god calls him yes and he wants the the fruit or the the pleasures of marriage without paying for it yes and this is what i'm getting at he's not paying for it with his responsibility not paying for it in terms of money yeah but taking that yoke of jesus taking that woman and saying before the lord i recognize that he bound us together yes this is not just me binding myself to every other woman out there this is me before the lord wanting one wife yeah that he gives me like Adam received the gift of a wife mm. because he was alone. Yes. Okay. Yeah, it wasn't good for him to be alone. Exactly. And the Lord saw that and declared, this isn't good. Exactly. exactly. Yeah. So God gave him a good gift. He gave him a wife. Now, as soon as you drop that phrase, being bound, um, it just so happens I know what passage you're going to. Before I go there, okay. even, we're still at Adam yes. receiving a wife. The first thing that people tell me is, but then you start to say that the woman is the man's property. And I say, no, wait. Listen to what God said in the beginning. Go read that. Yeah. 
God said through Adam because he approved what Adam said. He didn't correct him. He didn't change what he said. Yes. Adam said, and a man shall leave his father and his mother and cleave to his wife. Yes. That's good. The man is declaring in other words, I take her as my wife. Yes. And I give myself to her as a husband. That's where the husband responsibility starts. Not taking a wife, but being a husband. Mm, mm. That's where you take the responsibility. Henny, uh, you spoke about being bound to a wife. I, yeah. I know that you're planning on going um, uh, to 1 Corinthians chapter 6. Just so happened this past Sunday, I mm. preached from 1 Corinthians chapter 6, uh, from verse 12 to verse 20, uh, verse 13 to verse 20. I'm just trying to remember what the pericope mm. was. Um, a heavy text to deal with in a mm. Sunday evening yeah. sermon, um, but so unbelievably yeah. practically beneficial for both my own heart and for that of the hearers. You know, you know what? What's a big help with uh, immorality yes. and pornography? And, and ma- maybe and just issues. to say that the, that the passage is about sexual immorality exactly. and, and the word for sexual immorality is the Greek word porneia. Exactly. Um, and so you immediately start to think of things like pornography. The key verse I found there is verse 12 of chapter 6. All things are lawful for me. And you'll see if you have an ESV Bible, that's in quotation marks. That's, yes. that's, the, that's the cliche going around in the yes. church. At that's that what time. they're holding to. We can do whatever we want. We yeah. have freedom. Yes. We can. All things are lawful for me, but not all things are helpful, says the ESV, or profitable, says some translations. And the word for helpful and profitable there takes us back to the Sermon on the Mount where Jesus said it is more profitable for a man to lose a limb yeah. and go to heaven rather than to lose his soul. Mm. Yeah. So that's that's your that's when you start saying I have freedom I have freedom you have to ask what am I going to pay for that freedom? Yeah, I, I mean that that idea of freedom I I, I didn't draw it out yeah. uh, to any degree uh, on Sunday night but you have this discussion of legalism mm. wh- which is mm. not the intention in fact we spoke about that around Matthew chapter eleven that that yoke was yeah. not the yoke yeah. of the law you have legalism which is which is what it seems the Corinthians were happily yeah. uh, willing to ignore. On the other side, though, you have licentiousness exactly. and this idea of, well, you know what, if we're saved by grace, well, then let sin abound. We're saved anyway, or we're we're saved f- from the law. We yeah. we saved from the penalty of the law, and we 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 saved. We we no longer have. We're no longer bound by the law, and therefore we get to live however we want. And how Paul addresses it mm. is saying, my friend. It's not about legalism or about licentiousness. It's actually about the liberty that we have in Christ. And liberty has limits. Yeah. Um, and, and so liberty has fences. Yeah. Uh, you, you're, you, you get to enjoy sex, but you get to enjoy sex within the confines of a marriage. That's um, the yoke of Christ we're talking about. Yes, yes. That's the yoke. Let Christ define Excellent. that yoke. You and I are really on the same let, page, Jenny. Let Annie. Christ define <laughs> that yoke. Yeah. And so that's exactly what Paul is reminding us. But not all things are helpful because he he reminds us of Jesus' words in the Sermon on the Mount with all things are profitable. Yes. That's the connection there. Okay. And then also all things are lawful for me, he says again, but I will not be enslaved by anything. That takes us back to Jesus' words in Matthew 28. Yes. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Yes. You have no other Lord. He is the master. He, he must give you permission. In yeah. other words, he yeah. must give you permission I mean, to it, sign a business contract. He actually, must give you permission 
to, yeah. to, to, to go to that job. He must give, if you don't have permission of Jesus to be at the place that you are, you're not at the right place. The, the limits of liberty, and it, and it does bring us back to that discussion out of Colossians chapter 3, just, where, where, where we live in our stations, mm. but Jesus is our Lord. Yeah. Even, us, even those who are masters have a master who is in heaven. Yeah. yeah. And people think limits are constraints. Okay? Jesus is not constraining us. Jesus is protecting his sheep because he's the good shepherd. Yes. When he tells you don't go close to the edge, yeah. he doesn't put up a railing. Why? So that you may enjoy an unrestricted view of the scenery, mm. but you shouldn't fall off. Mm. And he, he's, he's telling you, I know my sheep. You're mm. clever enough to know this is where you stand. I don't even have to draw a yellow line, nothing. You you can see how far you can push your freedom, but don't fall off the cliff. Now, Henny, I'm going to now use your metaphor yeah, uh, in order to draw out the problem. Go ahead. Go ahead. Um, <laughs> we are sheep, and yeah. sheep are, in actual fact, yeah. pretty stupid. Yeah, yeah. I mean, as far as <laughs> as far as the beasts of the field are concerned, right. sheep are right up there with. Um, I, in fact, I can't think of many things that are more stupid than a sheep. Mm-hmm. If a sheep doesn't have a shepherd, a sheep has all kinds of problems, mm-hmm. and many of the that we see around us because we, we're now talking about young men and we, we're talking about pastoral realities as you uh, spoke about and, we, and, and we're talking about the need for men to step up and take responsibility um, uh, for, for, for um, and we're starting in the context of marriage yeah. um, that, that, that men do need to approach young ladies and uh, so, uh, so let me use that yeah, then. So go for young it. men, young men see how close I can get to the cliff because I like the good view. Yeah. Okay? I want to see how close I can get to ri- driving that car very fast. I want to see how much I can drink. I want to see how much of sin I can handle without damaging myself, without giving a concern of am I damaging my parents? Yes. Am I damaging my relationship with my church? Yes. With my sisters, with my brothers, and I'm meaning your siblings in yeah. your house. Yeah. And then also, am I damaging the community? Yes. All right. Young men don't think about those things when they're busy doing what they're doing. Yeah. And if you're constantly living on the edge of that cliff, you know, yeah. then you are not coming to the shepherd to eat. And what happens to a sheep that doesn't eat? Like, oh, they starve. They starve and they <laughs> die. Yeah. I, my, my congregation, every time I talk about sheep, they always repeat that phrase. What happens to a sheep when it doesn't eat? What happens to a sheep when it, it dies? It yeah. dies. It dies. Yes. So a sheep needs to come to the shepherd to eat. What does the shepherd do? And that's again, Christ is making you strong. If you, take, if you can pull the cart of manhood, if you can pull the cart of manhood, God can, God can call you to a, as a husband. Jesus can place the weight of husband on you. But if you're not taking the role of man seriously, then you then you're not pulling the cart. You're on the cliff. Mm. You know you're playing around. You're yes. still a you're like the lambs who are playing around in the dangerous place where the shepherd needs to keep an eye on you all the time. Mm. But if you've grown as a sheep a little bit, yes, that's where now now you come into the imagery again of the of the yoke being a stronger ox. Yes, a young ox going on his first plow pulling exercise. Yeah. And he needs to be made strong because he's not going to just pull one plow anymore. He's going to have to pull a vineki with other oxen even at some point. Yeah. And that's, I think, the, the imagery I want to get to with, with, with eldership. 
yeah and with leadership in the church because we were talking about it just a little while ago mm. you know we need a plurality of elders why because the more elders we have who are godly men in a particular church the more weight we can pull yes and that's the that's the calling of the church uh, we're into ab- ab- absolutely and and i mean this is a this is a side note but just mm. um um ecclesiology is is pretty much one of my favorite topics yeah. and and in the topic of ecclesiology, which is the doctrine of the church, um, the, this idea of a plurality of elders is right up there in terms of the flags that I like to fly. Mm. We certainly found that at uh, at Crystal Park, mm. where mm. I started uh, alone uh, in the work, but was soon joined by Gideon and Penny. I don't know if you know Gideon. He's now on the West Strand at Florida Baptist Church. Um, good, godly man. That was Mark, by <laughs> he, the way. And he's pointing at me that I kicked the cha- I kicked the I'll, table I'll this time. I'll chop his leg off when he chops. <laughs> <laughs> hey, no, I was talking about the table oh, leg. Okay. We'll <laughs> so um, where I was going with this was that um, as I was joined by Gideon and then later by Charles Farrell and later by um, Warren Scott and Craig Diadu and, and many other men, as we were joined by other elders, so too the church grew and, uh, grew and, and there was a proportionality in terms of the growth. As I think of Central, uh, there are... Uh, 10, maybe 12 elders, uh, if I include the mm. full-time staff, it, it's in that number. I'm, I'm just uh, struggling to think through. I, I'm not counting in my head right now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's an estimation. And um, and and in reality, it's uh, the, the 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 size of the church is proportionate to the to the recognised leadership in the church, and, and just this importance of of raising up yeah. up elders. Now. In the context, that becomes a metaphor for this yoking and this pulling together and this need to train up young oxen. Be- and we're speaking about because young Because what men. is the burden that we're pulling? What yeah. is the burden we're pulling? And let me go to James here. First James. I think it's... No, oh, first James. James 1. <laughs> James first 1. James. James only wrote one letter. Is James, is James Jacobus? James. Jacobus. Jacobus and James... Dienstknech. He's the... Oh. Sorry, let me go there. James 1, verse 26. I hope I can find it in my Bible now. Well, as you find it, let me read a couple of uh, notes uh, from folk. Uh, Andre says, Good morning, awesome discussion. A while back, my wife and I listened to Costi Hien on Godly Husband Wives. Uh, and uh, when we reviewed 1 Peter 3, 1 to 7, Colossians 3, 18 to 19, Ephesians 5, 22 to 33, and 1 Corinthians 11, 3, um, we started seeing elements of chaos and conflict and dysfunction disappear. Praise the Lord for that, Andre. Mm-hmm. And uh, um, I do want to recognize uh, Alderin, uh, who's listening in from uh, Pretoria, she's at the Archia S. Loftal, um, as well as Tinker, who's listening in from the Cape, uh, from Robinson. Uh, lovely to have you with us, Tinker. And Adeline, uh, good morning, a member of Urban Life Church in Midrand. And even as I see that note from Adeline, just to remind those who won books, um, those who won books, those who received uh, free books, there were six of you, I think, last week. I didn't receive postal addresses from all of you folk please do send me a postal address if you haven't sent it yet you can send the postal address i think maybe the most efficient way for now would be to send it to um my facebook page that's pastor mark penrith um i will get that message and be able to forward it on to client services at radio pulpit sorry henny you were going to talk to us about james chapter one yeah james chapter one verse 26 this is the weight that we are pulling Yes. If anyone thinks that he is religious and does not bridle his tongue, but deceives his heart, 
You see, when you talk too much, you deceive your own heart. Yes. I'm religious. I'm religious. I yes. go to that church. I like this thing. I yes. like that. I I'm I'm I like theological debates. Yeah. I like. I give. I do. Uh, I know. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Religious, and you you deceive your own heart. This person's religion yeah. is worthless. Yeah. The church should not have a worthless religion. Yes. Okay. Yeah. That's that. So the the distinction is not between religion good, religion bad. It's religion. No, later on he's going to say true religious. Religi- true word. religion is this. Yeah. The care and so of widows this is, and orphans. That's exactly. Yeah. That's exactly. True religion or pure religion. Religion that is pure and undefiled. Meaning it's worth something. Pure and undefiled are terms used of gold. Yes. Pure and and undefiled. It's pure. It's spotless. Is this? Before God the Father, and you, you notice it's God the Father. Yeah. It's God the Father there to visit orphans and widows in their affliction. Yeah. Now, if you talk about fatherhood, that's fatherhood. Yes. Because without you, what would your wife and kids be? Yeah. A widow and orphans. So you look for the fathers who've abandoned their wives. Yes. You look for the father. Who, whose children are they? Yeah. So, so Henny, uh, I mean, we've got different listeners that are yeah. listening in even right now we've got some young men that are unmarried <clears throat> that should be thinking about marriage we need to give a little bit of advice to them motivation for them yeah we've even got some men that are either young men or maybe not so young men that uh, have that that fall into this camp of abandonment yeah. um let's give some counsel to them as well so oftentimes young men you abandon because you feel abandoned okay you feel abandoned or you blame someone from, for abandoning you. I didn't have a father who taught me these things. I didn't. Now, this is where I think we misunderstood one another earlier because I was talking about Second uh, Corinthians 6. Uh, okay. Because Second Corinthians 6 gives us a promise from God. Yes. In that feeling of abandonment. Yes. Because no matter if people abandon you. Okay. All people can abandon you. Yes. And the Bible tells us that oftentimes everyone will abandon you because you need alone time with the Lord, with God. And so second, second Corinthians 6 tells us in verse 16 this, What agreement has the temple of the living God with idols? For we are the temple of the living God. And he's talking to the church there again, the church. Yeah. And he's making this promise from the Old Testament. And I'm just drop down your eyes to verse 18. The promise, I will be a father to you. Now, that's very interesting because that I will be a promise to you. Uh, I will be a father to you is a promise given to King David. Mm. And now that promise is applied to the church. You see that? Yes. So he's saying we are the t- temple of the living God as God had said. I will be your father and you shall be sons and daughters to me. Are we as Christians truly abandoned? Well, the answer there is no. No, because no, we, have, we a have, father, have a father. We have a brother, Jesus yes. Christ. Yes. And we have the person of the Holy Spirit. Yes. Not the, because people think the, the and, Holy and Spirit is just the vape. The power of the Holy Spirit. What is the power of the Holy Spirit? What is the power of the Holy Spirit? How does the Holy Spirit draw you to the Father and to the Son? It is through your hearing, Romans 10. How will they believe if they do not hear how will they hear if no one preaches? Where does the Holy Spirit grab you? By the ear. Yeah. The question is, is he going to grab you by the ear with the f- sound of his voice? Or is he going to grab you by the ear by pinching it? Mm. Because he's grieved by you. Yeah. Okay. 
and and how does he pinch our ears that's when you see young men walking around with earphones all the time because it's they're they're drowning out the world they're trying to work things out in their own mind yeah and so we're drowning out everything that's the you feel that pinch and everyone walks around wincing because your i can even your 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 music mm. that's the holy spirit grabbing you by the ear you know if you don't use your senses for the right stuff then you don't deserve to use them the holy spirit's telling you yeah so so we have a father in heaven yes we have a brother in christ yes um God the Father has sons and daughters, which means that we have brothers and sisters in, in Christ, Christ yes. which is which is a great relief to us. Exactly. Based on based on all of this, um, where or, or what what compels um, men to take the responsibility yeah. that so, they need to so take? So remember, we're trying to reach young men who feel lonely, mm. who feel by themselves, mm. and the only voice that reaches them is the voice if they hear this radio, because they're trying to listen for the the voice of the Holy Spirit to yes. hear Him. Yeah, and they'll only hear it from the Word of God. Yeah, and the Holy Spirit will then tell them, "Go to Jesus." Why? Because they've they've not come to Jesus to receive forgiveness of sins they've not repented they've not come to him to receive that gift mm. of work yes because before you repent you're not working for jesus yes you're 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 in your sins mm. and you're in the world mm. and you're working for your own lusts and you're that's what christ has come to set us free from yes is from worthless work yes. to do work that will last yeah and this is why when we come back to the conversation, you know, something like the 1689, we were talking about Charles Spurgeon, all these men of history. Yeah. You, you ask yourself the question, in a hundred years time from now, forget about eschatology, just in a hundred years from now, which books written in 2021, 22 will still be read by many people? Mm. And then you ask the question, what books since the printing press came out yeah. are still being read? Yeah, I heard Joel Beakey say this once. He's a he's a collector of Puritan works, by the yeah. way. Joel, Doctor Joel Beakey. Yeah, yeah. He 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 um he said this once. He walks into an old bookshop and then um, he looks at the books and if they are old books who are that are worn, you know, yes, you can see have been read and all the pages are falling out. Yes, those are Puritan books. <laughs> and then he says, you look at the other books that are old, that are nice, that are shiny with the gold. I won't tell you which denomination go listen to Dr. Joel Beakey. But yeah. he said, you know, you know that's the work of the... And it's the more academic, more... Um, um, yeah, more academic type writing. Yeah. For the yeah. smart people. I, I, I mean, look, in, in truth, I, I, can, yeah. I can affirm uh, yeah. what you're saying. I, I've recently been... Um, exposing myself a little bit more to Augustine's uh, City of God, I've been noticing how many other people seem to be reading it at the uh, the same time. There's a book that was written in about 400 AD and yet it's still in print today and still being read today. When we think of the the Puritans, when you ask the question, what books written today will be around in a hundred years time, my my mind immediately went to a book written by Dane Orton recently, Mm -hmm. A Gentle and Lowly, which just happens to be out of Matthew 11. Yeah, yeah. But the reason why that book resonates so much is because it really is an exposition of Puritan writings. Thomas yes. Brooks, I think. Yeah, uh, yeah it was yeah, Thomas yeah, Brooks in yeah, particular. Yeah. Um, or was it Thomas Watson? Um, e- either way. Um, but again, just that throwback to the Puritans and to the excellence yeah. of those writings. And, and here's the thing, you know, those are men that are heavy. Mm. Okay, That's why no one Very approaches weighty. them because they're Very heavy. Very weighty. 
we think of holiness as something like set apart. Yes. But holiness also has a weightiness to it. Weight. Yeah. So put on some spiritual weight, guys. Yeah. Yes. Feed your soul with Christ and what he feeds you with. Yes. So that you become spiritually weighty. I mean, yes. I'm a I'm a thin guy. Yeah. Okay, but I've been feeding myself. So you and you know, <laughs> to bulk up, yeah. Yeah. So I'm you know, just Pro- you, protein you, you shakes these, and you, you see Karoo. these thin preachers able to stand up to 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 the to the bodybuilders and so on. You know they're <laughs> spiritually stronger. Yeah. You know because we're busy with a spiritual battle. Yeah. But if you if you were to catch me in a in a, in another fight, <laughs> I'd I'd say no thanks, not for me because I know my strengths. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, put on the spiritual weight because the ox that needs to pull that weight, the more heavier your ox, the less load on the shoulders. You see, that's the that's the um, the rub there. If you if you start to put on some spiritual weight, your shoulders become broad and big, and that yoke becomes like a twig almost. And then Christ is able to put a bigger yoke on you. Yes. Okay. And then you can pull something bigger. I I, I thought of this rope analogy. I was wondering if I'm going to use it. We think that we tie our soul. Your your soul is like a ship. Mm-hmm. That you tie to something. Now, yes. most of us tie it with a thick rope to a thin piece of stick. The <laughs> thick rope is that religion, that fake religion stuff. Yeah, yeah. That thick rope. You tie it to a thin stick. What's going to happen? It's going to break, break off. Okay. Inevitable. Then, then you take a little bit of, you know, that a little religion, just a small little, yeah, little drikey. Yeah. Just make it the thinnest one you can, and you anchor it to something just as heavy as the ship. Yeah. And there's no waves around. It won't move. Yeah. You can have a little bit thicker for the, you know, to compensate for the waves. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay? But that's all you need. That's that little bit. That's yes. the faith. Yes. The faith. Just a little bit of faith in Jesus mm. to go when mm. he calls, come. That's what you need. So I'm preaching on Romans chapter 4 this yeah. Sunday. Yeah. Um, this Sunday is going to be our, our church camp. Yeah. And so uh, Charles will be preaching at uh, our two campuses. I'm going to be preaching at the church camp. I'm preaching on Romans chapter 4. And the whole focus of Romans chapter 4 is uh, is faith. Really the faith of Abraham, the faith of David. Um, uh, how faith is a is a gift. How faith is a blessing. How faith is the promise. Yeah. And just the, the absolute intricate importance of faith in our lives can i take our listeners to hebrews 13 yeah because hebrews 13 continues the conversation from 11 or continues the discourse from chapter 11 which is obviously the faith wall faith wall yeah Yeah. so many people i come to ask i ask them do you have faith like abraham Mm -hmm. or do you have faith like one of those men mentioned there and people tell me no i don't i don't have faith like and Oftentimes I, I see this because they tell me I don't have a faith like yours. Faith in Christ is faith in Christ. You either have it or you don't. Yes. It can be big, it can be small, but faith in Christ has a certain quality to it, just like gold. Yes. You can have a little bit of gold, you can have a lot of gold. Yes. But gold is gold. Yeah. And it's equally valuable if you have a lot of it or a little of it. Yeah. Because it's measured according to the weight. Yes. Okay, so that's the worth and worthlessness we were talking about. So you need you need that um, uh, to understand. I have the same kind of faith. I mm. need to cultivate and work at having more of it. That's the prayer. Lo- help help my unbelief mm. of the Father in in Mark nine. Yes, yes. Lord, I have, I have, I, I, have I, I have a little bit of gold. Yes. It's, yeah. It's somewhere. It's gold dust. Yeah. It's on me somewhere. I yeah. don't know. Give me more. 
yeah. to pay you with. Yeah. You see, that's like the beggar. If you say, yeah. do you have change for this 10 rand note? Yes. Yeah, I have 10 cents here somewhere. Where? Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> you, you, you're poor. You're poor in spirit. I don't know where, where I can find it. Yes. But, you know, I, I know I have a little bit of it somewhere. Yes. But I'm willing to receive more from Jesus. And thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Because I couldn't find what I needed in myself or on me even. Yes. Um, and so Hebrews 13 helps us with this because I, I give our people in the church this one. Hebrews 13 tells us that we need to imitate the faith of our leaders. And I, I purposefully read this wrong every single time so that people will tell me, but that's not in my Bible. What translation are you using? It Imitate them. People think it's imitate them. Yeah. I'm trying to find the verse now. Uh, verse seven. 17. Obey your leaders and submit to them. No. For they are keeping watch no, 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 over no, no, your no. Verse souls. Seven. Verse, oh, seven. verse 7. Remember your leaders. Yes. Those who spoke to you the word of God. You see? The Holy Spirit speak. Yeah. The speaking. Yeah. Spoke to you the word of God. Consider the outcome of their way of life. So look at them. Look at the elders of the church. That's why the qualification for an elder is so important. Yes. He must manage his own household well. Yeah. Because he's 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 taken that responsibility of being a husband of being a father for his children and he's able to pull more spiritual weight if he excels in being a father and a, a husband he'll excel as an elder remember your leaders those who spoke to you the word of God consider the outcome of their way of life and imitate them or their faith what does it say it says not them imitate them because again we cannot, app applicably speaking, we cannot. Oh, I like because that. We're not, I'm, I'm we're hearing not what them. you're saying. We're yes. not them. Yeah. You are not the elder of the church like the elders appointed, you yes. see. But you want to be like them. Yes. Isn't it? Yeah. Young men, you, yeah. you must aspire. That, that if anyone aspires to the office of overseer, it's not that if is sort of a taunt. Mm -hmm. If you dare. If yes. you dare, this is what you must do. Yeah. And it's like the training regime. We all know the sports movies. There's a training regime yes. you need to go through. Everyone watches the Rocky movies. He's training for a fight. He's training for a fight. How do boxers train? Like Rocky. Mm. You know, how do how do rugby players train? Like the, the blue bulls and the spring box. That, that's how you train. Yes. Know the fight you're in. Yes. Know the spiritual battle you're in. Learn it from scripture. And bulk up and exercise know what you're called to yeah and this is a battlefield so this means that you have you have guys who who, who are going to be called um only as a father or a missionary at some place so this might mean that you're called to different things you might sure. be called in the kingdom of god to be a message bearer in this place or you might be but you need to, before the Lord, accept what yoke He is putting on you. Yes. That's why I come back to the permission part. Do you have permission from Jesus? You don't need anyone else's permission, young man. Mm. You only need permission by your Lord, Jesus Christ. So, now, uh, I mean, the metaphor has been, we've kind of used this extended metaphor of a young oxen mm -hmm. uh, taking on a yoke, um, Jesus Christ being the yokesman, um, and we've spoken about the need for us to grow and to bulk up that we might take on greater yokes. Um, we've spoken about young men and uh, the yoke of, of husbandry. Uh, and uh, and how this is a positive thing. I want to keep us sure. straight. It's one Go yoke. It. It's one yoke. Yes. It's one yoke. 
So it's the yoke of Christ. It's so the it's weight what, that changes. It's the weights that change. Sure, okay. sure. Yes. Yeah, no, no, no that, that's very sorry, helpful. Otherwise that's a very well-made point. Otherwise, what we think we can do is, because this is why we are burned out, because we think, I have a yoke at work. I have a yoke in my house. I have a yoke, you know, so every t- place I go, I just push it a little bit forward, push it a little bit. I have the yoke of Christ constantly. Yes. That's what integrity is. Yes. That's what integrity is. I always carry the weight of Christ. Yes. Wherever I am. Yeah, we always carry the weight of Christ, and the reality is what He calls us to pull. That changes depending on our vocation or our station. Depends on Him. Yes, because it's upon His calling. Yes, I don't get to choose. That's why I ask Him permission all the time. That's why I need to pray so much. Yeah, because I need to be constantly in prayer with Jesus. How how does this impact our our call to fatherhood? How does this impact us living out our lives as fathers? So the the blessing of receiving one gift well if yes. you receive one gift well what what do you get if you respond well to a gift i give you mm. if i give you a gift like chocolates well, that's like the, the if parable I give you chocolates of the and you say i don't like chocolates, talents if you say i don't like chocolates yes. then i'm not going to give you chocolates anymore yeah i, I might never give you chocolates well Henny, i want you to know gift. i do like chocolates and you're welcome to give me chocolates okay all i'll the keep time. the built on for myself <laughs> oh okay hang on wait built on trumps <laughs> chocolates we all know that so so, so <laughs> What you have is one gift received well. Yes. Okay. Husband receiving a wife well. Yes. What does the Lord do? He blesses you. Yes. With children. Yes. Then you become a father. Okay. So he blesses you with more gifts in the home. Yeah. If you can take care of your wife, you can take care of the children. Yes. But here's one thing, and I want to say this to all men. Yeah. Men who are in marriages, men who think, men need to understand those children, those children need their mother. They need their mother. They need their mother to love their father because that's where they learn to respect their father. So even for the wives, respect your husband because yeah. if you don't, your children won't. Yes. If and you don't submit, respect yeah. the calling of the man, then then your children won't. Yes. I tell it to the, the to the congregation as well and to people who ask me questions about eldership in the church. If the wife of an elder, if the wife of an elder does not look up to her own husband, the church won't. Yes. The whole church won't. A wife of an elder needs to look up and respect her husband. Otherwise, he he can't be an elder. Yeah. Because he's not, you know, you see the In fact, I, I, like, I like the way that the, the relationship develops because yeah. God blesses you with marriage. It is a high calling. Yeah. And, uh, and, and Christ is a worthy yes. yoke to bear. And yeah. if he gives you the great grace of being a husband, uh, take it. It's a great yeah. joy to be the husband yeah. uh, of a wife. Um, even as you take that on and you flex those muscles exactly. and you grow yeah, from yeah, Biliki yeah, into yeah, Bull, yeah, um, yeah, the reality yeah. is you grow and God blesses you with yeah. children. This is a if blessing. You can even use the farming analogy there even yes. further. All right. So you have the bull, the 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 bull who's the strongest bull, gets yes. to have more more, you know, gets to have more offspring. Yes. You know, yeah. he can pull his weight if he. <laughs> yeah. So if you put on the spiritual weight, yeah. You know, in 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 the spiritual eyes, yeah. You you get to have more. Yes. We need more men like you. So you get to have sons. You know? And and the joy Something of like and that. the joy of yeah. and the joy yeah. of big families. Exactly. I, I yeah. mean the the joy of having a quiver with many arrows in it. Yeah. Um I I I, I find uh, I mean it's just so interesting how um how 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 as God gives us more kids, uh-huh. so uh-huh. our um our love doesn't grow a love is a 
quantity as uh, love is a quality right yeah, yeah. but you get to express it quantitatively it's, more because you re- because you have more <laughs> it's a quality exactly because yeah. where is the storehouse of love it's it's in christ it's exactly, in god exactly yeah. exactly why aren't our homes more loving places anymore because the men don't pray to receive love from Jesus. If you don't receive the love of Jesus, mm. you cannot distribute the love of Jesus. That's why Ephesians 5. Yes. Husbands, love your wives yes. as Christ. Yeah. And in that text, you'll find it's pointing us. Men need to go to Christ because you're trying to manage your own marriage. Yes. You think marriage is yours. It belongs to you. It doesn't. Jesus yes. tells us everywhere, marriage does not belong to you. We were having the discussion earlier with 4SA about the marriage law. Yeah. All right. Now the debate is there about have, uh, marriage and the state. And you see why the state doesn't want to deal with marriage. I think uh, there's this guy who wrote a book, No Mere Mortals. Yeah. He, he uses the idea of a nuclear reactor. Yeah. And he tells us something about that family is like a nuclear reactor. I think it's uh yeah anyway so the the this as this thing goes is you're dealing with with radioactive stuff man yes you're dealing with people you're dealing with complicated things yeah so be careful yes you need to be careful when you work with these things yeah so so and just tying that back because the the young men we talked about the recklessness of young men yeah that's the call then stop being reckless yeah being more cautious because it's like when my dad or more responsible be more cautious you're already responsible I mean the responsibility Mm -hmm. of taking care of yourself is Mm -hmm. the same yes whether you're in a fast car or whether you're in a slow the responsibility to care for yourself is the same everywhere because we all feel the weight of that responsibility I'm not going to do some you even hear the drunk saying that I'm not going to drink myself to death and you even hear the the guy smoking I don't smoke that much you, you, you. People defend that I've taken responsibility for myself. We yeah. all have taken responsibility for ourselves. Yes. Okay, everyone. No one escapes that responsibility, because that's the responsibility you have to face up to when you stand before King Jesus. Yeah, and that's where the loneliness comes from, because you don't take stock of anyone else. You think you're the most important one. Mm. You think it's about Jesus and you. It's not about Jesus and you. It's about God and His people. It's about the father and his children. It's about of which I am one. You yes. see? Yeah. God and his people. I need to not think of myself. So, otherwise, I'm making myself Lord. In and the family happen- of many sons and daughters. And here's the thing. I've been talking to men about this for years. To, uh, for years. And the thing that I come across many times is, I'm a Christian. The Lord will forgive me. And sometimes I want to punch my brothers in the face. I've, I've been there. I want to punch them. I've been there. But then the Lord tells you, don't you punch them. Because I punch harder than all of you put together. And then I watch these men as they go. And then I see the Lord punching them. Mm-hmm. Those who refuse to come to Jesus. And yeah. that's, that's a discipline. I mean, the, the reality is mm. uh, we, we have a God mm. who, a, a father in heaven, and what kind of good father mm. wouldn't discipline mm. his children? Mm. And in reality, you, for those who refuse mm. to bear the yoke of Christ yeah. in a way which is God yeah. honoring, d- discipline and surely comes. The goads that prick the, yeah. the, the oxen. If we can talk about the elephant in the room, because, you know. We all know Jordan Peterson started with this kind of stuff. Yes. I've listened to some of his debates and things. Yes. 
and I've I've often wondered, you know, what's the one thing that's that's missing from from all of his con because he has a lot of good stuff to say. Yes. But the one thing for me that broke the camel's back with for me was when he had a conversation with Sam Harris. Yeah. Um, he was talking about. Um, well, Sam Harris called him out. He said, "You know, you you what you're saying is that religion is for the you know for the." Dumb people down there. We intellectuals don't need it. And he's saying, to one degree, I am saying that. Yeah. To one. So w- what he's doing there is he's saying, to one degree, I am saying that um, that uh, that I'm too smart for this kind of stuff. Yes. Okay. And and that's that's ar- a bit arrogant. Yes. Arrogance there. Yes. I'm, I refuse to come to Jesus. Yes. But here's another another side to that man. You know, I yeah. refuse to come to Jesus on your terms. Yeah. And that's perfectly right. Yeah. That's perfectly right. We shouldn't come to Jesus on anyone else's terms. Not even my own. Yeah. You don't get to make the terms and conditions yeah. when you come to Jesus. Yeah. He makes the terms and conditions and you just need to read them. How many men think uh, you, you you sign up for something and then you say, well I haven't read the tr- we don't read the terms and conditions. We just tear it up when we don't like it. Mm. Okay? And that's exactly what we do with the Bible. We think we sign up to Christianity and then what we find out oh blah, no I don't like that bit. We tear yes. it out. Yeah. By the way, I can tear my Bible because I know exactly where I make marks in my Bible. I don't write with pen. I <laughs> crease my Bible. And yeah, yeah. Anyway, so. So, so Henny, um, as we speak about yeah. marriage, as we speak about uh, being a husband, as we speak about being a parent, yeah. uh, maybe we can end just in terms of this call, even yeah. on young men, to yeah. shape themselves toward being elders, yeah. um, towards being leaders in the church. And and I, I mean, we talk about elders, but in, in effect, we could talk about the officers of the church, the elder, yeah. the deacon, um, and the need for local churches mm-hmm. um, to have recognized leaders in them that they might be strong um i think of paul's call uh, to timothy and to others mm-hmm. to uh, follow me as i follow christ mm-hmm. and just we don't seem to have a lot of followers um right now in our culture mm-hmm. um, sometimes in our churches we have a lot of followers in our culture yeah we have a lot of fans we have a lot of followers yes yeah okay. we have a lot of fans we have a lot of followers but we don't have what we don't have is seriously committed terms and conditions I sign my name at the end of the page yes. kind of stuff we don't need fans of the Bible we don't need followers of the Bible Yeah. we need followers of Jesus yes. we need followers of Jesus who read his terms and conditions his terms and conditions Yeah. and say that's for me yes. and sign your name there Yes. to say not just claiming promises okay? yeah. because that's that's easy to do Yeah. I claim th- even Jesus was tempted to claim a promise in Matthew 4 Yes. Jesus was tempted. Claim a promise because God promised you, said the devil. And Jesus recognized, I am not going to submit to the devil with, yes. the, God, with the promise of God. Yes. And don't fall for it when your pastor or your elders do such things. Mm. Because what we do is we package, we make up a little package and say, here's the promise of God. And when you open it, you, when, when you open a bad prison, what do you, what do you, what do you, you get something like crackers or... You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you, that's a worthless gift. Yes, it's packaged nicely. Yes, you want the you want the packaging to be as plain as as ever, but the gift inside to be the most marvelous thing. Yes, and so not just claiming promises from the word, but signing your name to when Jesus says, "Whoever does this will get this." You say, "I want to be that whoever." Yes, when Jesus says, "Anyone who," then I say, "I want to be that anyone." 
He, my allegiance is with my exactly. captain and commander. So read your gospel again. Read it again. From Matthew to John. Read all of them. Because they don't all have the very same uh, all who or whoever does. And think deeply. Read carefully through the terms and conditions. And have the... We talked about this on, on, on another day. It was vrijmoedigheid. It's the Afrikaans. I can't for the life of me find an English word. It's not confidence. <laughs> yeah. It's a freedom of your emotions and affections. It's yes. a, it's a not confidence. It's, yeah, that freedom of your will, that religious affections almost of Jonathan. It, that yes. It's that kind of, you need to not doubt when you sign your name there. You have to, you have to really be yeah. able to freely say yes. I, I see the benefit. I see the benefit. So, Henny, as we <coughs> as we wrap up our yeah, discussion, because yeah. we really we're coming to the top of the hour. I can't believe it. We're going to need to be signing off uh, soon uh, uh, for for news and for yeah. kind of closing songs yeah. and things. But as we come to the top of the hour, I, just in terms of the whole conversation that we've had this yes. morning, how would you go about summing up what we've been talking about? Summary. This is a biblical sum, the summary of the whole Bible. Yes. Just for some men to just take a Bible and start doing this. Just read to see what it means to be a man. God calls us. He makes us as men. He calls us to step up to the plate and be what he made us to be. Be men. Mm. So don't reject what God has made you. Mm. And now I'm entering into uh, mm. another transgenderism. Yeah. 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 Um, homosexuality all of those topics are tied in with that simple statement mm. so you have this the simple statement God made you to be so be mm. accept that okay and then the next one is uh, take up the calling as a father when he does provide for you a wife and we men we go about it you, you, you see a nice lady you think well I like what she's communicating through her dress through her speech and all of that I'll consider her okay and then you, you see, I have a certain type. You know, we talk about that. Men have a certain type. He mm -hmm. has that type. But then the question is, is it your type or is it the type that Jesus has? Go read Proverbs 31. Mm. Go, go read. What does God call women to be? Yeah. Go ask some sisters in Christ. 1 Timothy chapter 2. Another what, great place to go. Yeah, and what, uh, 1 Peter 5. What does God call you to, to be married to? Mm. Okay. So that's, that's one of the things you need to do. If, mm. if that's... Don't go looking for the red hair or the blue eyes or the. Go and look. This is what I need to find in a wife yes. because that's part of the terms and conditions. Yes. Uh, I need to, to read. This is the promise. God promised me a wife. What kind of wife does he promise a godly man? Mm. And then you have to plug it in. And Sorry for that. Mm. So you have, to, you have to plug that in. Mm. Yeah. Uh, Henny, um, thank you so much for engaging with us today. It's been, yeah. uh, it's been great to talk to you. Um, very, very contemporary topics. Thank you. And, so, and the topic's very intense. So you can see me being, <laughs> it's not because I'm nervous. It's an intenseness. We need to feel the weight of this. Uh, it, uh, weighty yeah, topics yeah. Are, are worth, worth engaging yeah. on. Thank you mm -hmm. so much. Really enjoyed engaging with you today. I do trust that the Lord continues to bless you mm -hmm. and the ministry um, uh, in uh, in uh, I was going to say Centurion Royas Kral, Emmaus Baptist Church, um, and uh, yeah, to our listeners, um, friends, even as you as you listen this morning, I do trust that uh, you have had the opportunity to think deeply on these matters. We've covered Matthew eleven, we've covered 
uh, Colossians 3, we've covered 2 Timothy 6, um, we've covered a number of other passages as well in passing. Uh, encourage you to read your Bibles and engage with them. And Henny's, Henny's um, call, even for young men, to read through the Gospels and consider the terms and conditions of Christ that you might truly understand what you are called to, uh, that you might live a God glorifying life. Our prayers uh, each week go out to all the elders and deacons who hold lions in, ho- in local churches, as well as to our missionaries sent out from South African churches serving in foreign fields. Our prayers for and much respect goes to first responders, our police force, our defense force, and for those who dispense justice in our country, for firefighters, for paramedics, for our nation's nurses, for medical personnel for educators as well as correctional service officers and for those that serve at any sphere of government you have been listening to table talk with me your host mark we are going to be going to news shortly before that we'll be listening to mangu praise jesus is my lord and so until next week friday do walk wisely do live holy and do testify zealously god bless